0: Welcome to the River Hills Church Deep and Wide podcast. Each week we'll be going a little deeper and casting the vision a little wider based upon what we talked about on Sunday morning. So we are so glad you joined us. Stay tuned as we get rolling into Deep and Wide. So thankful you joined our podcast today and I hope you're having a very warm day. I know this past week has been cold. Hope you had no busted pipes or any kind of issues with the cold. Uh, And it's good to have cold weather every now and then. And like I was telling you on Sunday, I got a good friend that lives in Montana. And while I was complaining about waking up to 13 degrees the other day, he said, well, it's warmed up to a negative two. So I guess it's all about perspective. But This past week, we continued with our teaching series called Tightening the Knot, and we dealt with how to build your house on solid ground, how to build your life, how to build your marriage on solid ground, using the passage from Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus finishes up the Sermon on the Mount saying, hey, if you do these things and you build your life on the rock, it's going to be like when the storms come, and they will come, you'll be able to sustain those storms, but if you don't, if you build it on the sand, and we learned that The word sand in the Greek language, amon, really translated like the sand on the seashore that shifts and moves and goes away and sinks. That's what our lives are like when we don't know Christ, when we're not building our life upon the truths of Jesus. And uh, the reality is, guys, and I discussed this a bit on Sunday, is that, you know, in my 25 years of ministry, uh, when I see a couple who either not didn't know Jesus or one of them didn't know Jesus or they're not applying the truths of scripture man that's where their that's where their marriages begin to collapse uh and that's really where our lives even individually get off track and so my hope for you uh my hope and encouragement for you is that you would build your life upon the rock. But I want to go back and I want to focus on a passage in Matthew chapter 5. Now, we overviewed very briefly, did a really bad job, I feel like, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 5 by looking at the Beatitudes and how those can be applicable truths and how we can make action steps out of those in our marriages and our lives individually. But Matthew chapter 5, in those Beatitudes, one of my favorite Beatitudes And these are the introductions to the Sermon on the Mount, if you're not familiar with that, about be this way or blessed are those. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I love this, and we didn't really go into this, is, is the idea that When we are living more upon that rock, when we're applying his truth, when we're seeking the Lord, when we know the Lord specifically to begin with, it's kind of like a ship moving towards the seashore, but there's a dense fog, and the closer we get to that seashore, the better we see it. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more we find his satisfaction, the more we find the joy found in him, the more we get to experience that. We have his grace. We have the lifeline that's towing us in. We have security when we know Christ, but when we're building that life on the rock, applying those truths to Jesus, we of Jesus to ourselves, we find ourselves really completely experiencing more of who he is. Now, I wanna take that idea of being pure in heart and seeing God, and I wanna use that to catapult us into really, how do we do that specifically in our lives, marriages, families, wherever you are in your station of life? And we're going to use De- Deuteronomy chapter six, and we're going to deal with the Shema, which is a prayer that is a central part of Jewish culture and the and really the Jewish religion, and that catapults honestly into. Uh, the New Testament where we see Jesus, when he said, what are the two greatest commandments? He says, love the Lord your God while your heart, mold, and strength and love the your neighbor as yourself. That comes from Deuteronomy. And we read this and it says, now this is the greatest commandment. Chapter six, verse one of Deuteronomy. The statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess. Now, This is Moses teaching. And he's telling them, look, this is what's important. You need to do these things when you go and take hold of the promised land. He says that in verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all these statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. So there's a blessing there. But this is verse 3, and this is where the prayer comes in. He says, hear therefore, O Israel, And be careful to do them. Let it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. And then we get to the the really meat of what we're going to be dealing with. He goes on to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, meaning God is the only God. He is one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he is one. He is all you need. The Lord our God He's it. And he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Meaning your entire being, love him. Love him. I believe St. Augustine and maybe Martin Luther requoted him and said, basically, love God and do as you please. Meaning, when you're loving the Lord, when you're seeking him, you're going to do what he pleases. That means what you please. And those are in sync with each other. And there's great joy in that. And the mantra we've been saying over and over again is really for years here at River Hills Church. And I think this this applies to your marriage is in order to love your spouse best, you need to love Jesus most. And the thing is, and this is a commandment from the Old Testament, Jesus says it, Love the Lord your God with your entire being, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your personality, with what you do, how to live your life, with your heart, the seat of the emotions. Love him. And then he goes on to say, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Now hear that. You should teach them. and You do it to your kids. And then you shall uh, talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And then he says one other thing. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be a as frontless between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Basically, uh even in Jewish culture today, you'll see people with uh it, it, the best thing I can describe it is is dangly ornaments on their clothes and hats and they'll be where they carved out a piece of of wood in their doorframe and they roll up this scripture and they put it there. So basically it, it encompasses them. They walk out their doorposts. This is who we are. As they walk around, this is who we are. This is our identity. It's in the Lord. And we know that as a Christian, it's in Jesus. Um and it encompasses all that we are. Now, I want to take that, help us understand a couple of key principles, and then we're going to talk about baby steps in order to begin to seek the purity of the Lord. Now, going back to blessed are the pure... And heart for they will see God. We want you to know God, grow in God, seek God, experience God. And so we're going to give you a couple of baby steps because I know sometimes when you're sitting in church or uh, when you're sitting in a small group, you'll hear all this stuff. And it's really difficult to apply all of it at once. I get that. So I want to give you some baby steps. And they're going to come from Deuteronomy chapter 6. But let's go back. Basically, it says, Teach them, They, meaning your children, uh, the people you're responsible for, they need to know about Jesus. They need to know about how to live for Jesus. They need to know about the gospel, that it's not about morality. That comes later. It's about relationship, and Christ will clean us up and drive us to that. One of the most discouraging things I hear is that we're so rules-bent in our relationship with the Lord that we forget that we're under grace, Uh, A pastor mentor friend of mine once told me, he says, you know, God's called us to walk a tightrope, but not if, but when we fall off that tightrope, there's a soft net of grace to catch us. And the beauty is there's something joyous and exhilarating or about right walking that tightrope, but we can rest assured that when we fall off into sin or temptation, when we mess up, that there is a God there that says, I love you anyway. And we need to teach people that they need to know that it's an idea why wouldn't you believe this? Everything in culture, everything in every religious system, everything, in even in even every pagan system, or even the idea of being an atheist. And they would even go on to say, Hey, there's something beautiful miraculous about creation. There's an awe-inspiring wonder about that. All that stuff says earn, earn, earn this, but the gospel says, embrace this. This is something It's just so beautiful to me. Why wouldn't you believe this? I love it. So, Here's the deal. Teach them that they know how to do this, that they know about this. And it says, talk about the gospel. He says, as you get up, as you hang around your house, as you walk, as you as you go to the store, whatever you're doing, talk about Jesus, meaning incorporate it into every part of your life. You know, we can't be those who follow Jesus just on Sunday or just at church or just in a small group or just around other believers. Man, this is who you are. And so incorporate Christ into every part of your life. You know. A friend of mine once told me that uh, he was teaching his kids to to learn to pray and ask God's guidance. And so one of them would come and say, hey, I need the new gaming system. Well, that's great. I want you to pray about it three times and then come back to me and tell me if you need it or not, or if you want it or not, or if you should buy it or not. And I think it's a really cool way to approach life is like, you know, let's pray through it, trust in the Lord, ask for his wisdom and application, and then go from there. And then the last part here is like you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they will be written that shall be as frontless between your eyes and shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, meaning it's your identity. Make it your identity. This is who you are. This is who you are. You know, one of the most one of the most destructive things in our culture, and I mean the United States today, is the way that evangelical Christians have embraced politics. Now, I'm going to step on some of your toes here. While I believe we need to vote certain ways, that is not who you are. You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat if you know Jesus. You're a child of God. And so, you know, sometimes that doesn't need to be baptized. It needs to be redeemed. It needs to be changed. And so don't let the driving force of your life be your politics. Don't let the driving force of your life be your kids' Travel ball team. Don't let the driving force of your life be what you are tempted by. Let it be Jesus. That's your identity. Now, all that being said, drawing from that, looking forward to where the fog is going to clear and you embrace more of the satisfaction and the hope of Jesus. What are some baby steps you can take in order to experience that? Well, I'm going to start with a couple, I'm going to give you three. Start with Jesus. That seems like a simple place to start. But here you need to know this is that many people even listen to this podcast and they fill up our church and every other church every Sunday is that there is an acknowledgement of the spiritual, but yet there is not a conversion of the soul. So that means that as we study that passage in Matthew chapter 7, these two guys that built a house, one on the rock and one on the sand, both of them were building homes. They probably looked alike. They were using the same material. They were in the same area, but the foundation was different. And so what's so interesting is even in our culture, in our church culture today, We go to the same Bible studies, have the same Bibles, listen to the same sermons, sing the same songs, but the foundation is different. And what I want it to be different for you is that I want your foundation to be about Christ. So start with Jesus. Start with that. He is not asking you to follow a rule, but he's asking you to follow him, to embrace that grace. And if you've never done that, please email me at chip at church at riverhills.com. I want to talk to you more about that. So start with Jesus. then. Continue with his word, meaning get in the Bible. That is an intimidating place to be. I get that. Last week's episode, we talked about how to study your Bible. But the baby step is to begin to put your toe in the water of getting in his word. Now, that doesn't mean you got to read the Bible through in the year. But what I want to encourage you to do, start with a baby step. Let's say if you don't get into the Bible at all, start with this baby step. Get on the Bible app and subscribe to reading the verse of the day and start to read one verse of scripture a day. Now, don't stay there. Like, Ten years from now, don't be just doing the verse of the day. We want you to grow, but then add to it over time. Get on a Bible reading plan after doing this for a couple of weeks, and you get in that pattern, you get in that rhythm. I read somewhere that this past week, I think it was January 16th, is where people begin to break their New Year's resolutions. And I, and I bet you have. I know I have. But here's the deal. Begin to put the toe in the water of getting into scripture and grow from there. And then the third baby step, be with his people. You need to do life with other Christians. You need that accountability. I need that accountability. You need that encouragement. I need that encouragement. We need to be with other people who know Jesus. With For your marriages, your kids need it. You need it. I need it. All of us need it. Take the baby step saying, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to make this a part of my rhythm every week. And then then connect with a small group. I'm gonna make relationships and a part of my rhythm every week. So here's the deal. Baby step number one, start with Jesus. Baby step number two, get into the word of God. Baby step number three, be with his people so that you might experience the blessing, not the circumstantial temporary happiness, but the eternal satisfying joy of being pure in heart so you get to experience the Lord. So thankful you joined us for Deep and Why. I hope to see you this Sunday. Have a fantastic, fantastic week.